letter to Daddy. His address is heaven above. I've written a letter to Daddy saying I love you. We've written a letter to Murphy. Hi, welcome to Dear Ryan Murphy. A short-form TV recap podcast. And beyond. Like the milkman of days past, Ryan Murphy comes to our homes each week and delivers a frothy mixture of cow titty juice in the form of a violent, problematic TV show. Then we drink it down and tell you whether or not it expired. I'm Ty Bauman. And I'm James Tyson. This week, we're still chugging through American Horror Story. The new episode was definitely past its sell-by date, but fresh enough that you could throw a splash of it in your morning coffee without getting the shits. We're getting a lot of mileage out of this milk metaphor. You did tell me to stop, but I decided I wouldn't cow down. Moo. Welcome, new listeners. (laughs) That's the show? Here we go. This week, American Horror Story Hoped. Episode 10, Charles Manson in Charge. Alternate titles. A series of unfortunate events for Francis Conroy. Kevin Peters gets a haircut. Cheyenne Jackson auditions for The Walking Dead. Or I scream, you scream, we all scream, winter's the moon. But first, our one-take speed recap of the whole episode. This week, we discover that Evan Peters has a Patronus, and it's Charles Manson played by Evan Peters. What a talent. How about it, boys? Episode starts. Final presidential debate, October 19th, 2016. Carrie Fisher's daughter, Billy Lord, and her millennial gal pals gather around the television to cheer on Hillary in the final presidential debate, celebrating her inevitable victory like the naive little pre-election stooges we all were. It's going to be the biggest loss in electoral college history. Not yet, divine ruler Evan Peters takes a break from browsing 4chan to burst their precious little bubble about Hillary's chances. An argument ensues about the rage of the angry white man, at which point Evan Peters slaps one of Billy Lord's friends across the face, and obviously she presses charges. Two weeks later, Evan Peters attends his first court-mandated anger management therapy session, where we find out that his therapist is none other than cigar-smoking Francis Conroy. In three minutes flat, she recruits Evan Peters to her scum cult and convinces him to start a cult of his own to fan the flames of female frustration. Because apparently she was the ringleader this whole season? Cut back to the present to a fascist town rally given by Evan Peters and his white Mormon militia, interrupted by a group of anti-fascist protesters. Evan Peters gets pepper sprayed by a per- protester, so bigoted Chasbona pours milk in his eyes. Why did they have a big thing of milk at this rally. Later, Carrie Fisher's daughter, Billy Lord, and the rest of the cult is cleaning out an ice cream truck. Carrie Fisher's daughter, Billy Lord, confronts Sarah Paulson about Ivy's murder. Is anything ever your fault, Winter? You seduce my wife, you use her to destroy me and my family? Ugh, get over it. Cut to Evan Peters popping Adderall, watching the news in his room, which is documenting the fight at the rally earlier in the day. We're not the ones throwing piss bottles. We shared ideas. He then instructs his white Mormon militia to gather round for a story. Fuck yeah, I love story time. He proceeds to tell the story of the Charles Manson Sharon Tate murders, which is then dramatized on our screens. Because this is American Horror Story. Serial killer Charles Manson. Played by Evan Peters. And his posse of three. Played by Sarah Paulson, Billy Lord, and Leslie Grossman. Torture and murder five innocent women and one unborn child. He says that's why they're going to do what he calls the Night of a Thousand Taints. Jump ahead to bigoted Chaz Bono sneaking into a Planned Parenthood with Speedwagon and other Mormon militia members to do what? There's a whole waiting list of slutty chicks desperate to have late-term abortions as some type of political statement, right? Well, we're going to steal the list for divine 
villain ruler. Thanks for the exposition, Mr. Bono. He gets trapped inside the building when all of a sudden the clown cult surrounds him holding knives. What are you doing in my costume? He's screwed. He does not realize that it was all a plan for Evan Peters and his cult to murder him and leave his disemboweled carcass in front of the Planned Parenthood and frame it on pro-choice activists. Cut to a breaking news report with professional reporter Adina Porter interviewing Divine Ruler about this alleged politically motivated murder. Her camera presence is shaky at best, unstable at worst. Carrie Fisher's daughter, Billy Lord, decides it's time to get professional reporter Adina Porter out of the cult before she has a nervous breakdown and offers her a one-way train ticket to Butte, Montana. Which is like, I'd rather stay in the cult. Adina Porter doubles down on her loyalty to Divine Ruler with a hard no thanks. Meanwhile, Divine Ruler Evan Peters is losing his Adderall-addled mind back at the headquarters, ranting to Sarah Paulson about a low buzz that only he can hear. There's a mole! You can't hear it? I can't think in here! Then he has a complete psychotic break and starts having full-blown conversations with his new imaginary best friend Charles Manson. Still played by Evan Peters. Imaginary best friend Charles Manson drops some wisdom. Identify the Judas. Can't trust the bitches. When Sarah Paulson interrupts, claiming to have found a hidden microphone. No time for that because cigar-smoking Francis Conroy is at the door to slap around Divine Ruler for fucking up her cult pyramid scheme. If only you'd been aborted in your mother's belly, how much disappointment would the rest of us have been spared? Imaginary best friend Charles Manson encourages Divine Ruler Evan Peters to stand up to Francis Conroy, but it doesn't matter because Sarah Paulson shoots her in the head. Cut to Carrie Fisher's daughter Billy Lord shaving Divine Ruler Evan Peters' head. Goodbye, blue hair man bun. They have a really intimate conversation while she shaves his beard with a straight razor, and spoiler alert, he knows she tried to free professional reporter Adina Porter and accuses her of being the mole. The whole cult gathers round while Divine Ruler ties up Billy Lord and lays out the charges against her. He shows her the quote-unquote microphone Sarah Paulson found. It's the battery to my Fitbit. And Sarah Paulson says she found a second microphone in the ice cream truck. That's enough to convince imaginary best friend Charles Manson of her guilt, so Divine Ruler chokes her to death. After Divine Ruler sobs for a full 30 seconds of screen time, white Mormon militia member Speedwagon runs out of the house to his car in horror. In a surprise twist, he rips into the tight button-down shirt that barely covers his hard torso and removes a wiretap in rage. Then Sarah Paulson steps into the car with a devilish hello because, because now she, she knows who the mole is. It's Speedwagon! Speedwagon is the mole! End, End of, of episode. episode. Nice work, boys! Boy, that Evan Peters is an American treasure! I wish he was hosting this podcast. Well, anyway, here's a bunch of bullshit hosted by two assholes who wish they were Evan Peters, but to be clear, are not Evan Peters! Boy, what a show it would be if they were! Imagine it, two Evan Peters just talking to each other. It sounds great! Take it away, boys! Might say I've replaced booze with caffeine. That's a very common thing. We're started. Yay! <laughs> what a great intro. We have so many things to talk about. Yes, we do. Not the least of which is Evan Peters' haircut. Yeah, which uh, li- literally, the hair was cut, it was cut, uh, blue hair On camera. Gone. Yeah. What do you think he looks like with a buzz cut? Uh, funny you should ask. I actually made a list. It had I, I said he looks like first of all he looks like Eleven from Stranger Things. Yes. He, he looks like Sigourney Weaver in Alien Three. Yeah. And Tom Hanks at the end of Philadelphia. He kind of looks like an adult sixth grader. You know, like. <laughs> <laughs> so my goodness, this yes. episode was enjoyable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, we're getting to the, it's the home stretch. It's you know. And we only have one episode left. This is it. I don't... This is it. Do you feel like that we are set up for a finale? 
No, and that makes me think we are. Do you know what I mean? I don't know where it's going to go. There are so many things that kind of, it could go in really any direction. So therefore- Literally any direction. is making me excited, you know? Oh yeah? Yeah. Okay, no, that's fine. You're entitled to that. Yeah. I've kind of just given up. Uh, well, you know, we're we're in the home stretch. Yeah. Why fight it anymore? Well, yeah. I mean, but this is it's it's. I mean, it's been I don't know quite the ride, right? <laughs> I w- <laughs> I don't so know what that means. this episode was fun. I think partially, if only because we had Francis Conroy way yes, more. Yes. 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 And finally, you know, but too bad she got killed off because I thought this would have been a great. She should have been on much earlier. You know, what well, an interesting development that would have been. It, She's just in charge of it all. I think it's sort of funny because I think uh, I love that as a development. I, In fact, when it started happening, even though it was like, this doesn't make sense, but okay. Like, again, I was duped just like her last episode where I was like, oh, a competing feminist cult. Like, that's... Ooh, I can sink my teeth into that only for the end of the episode to be like, haha, never mind, the series isn't about that. Yeah, and when that gun went off, I thought it, Evan Peters was killed. That was shot so well, I thought. I did too, but also, Sarah Paulson killed off the only likable character. Of course she did, of course. Also, like, she's now, like, our, you know, front runner. She's the one we're rooting for, but we cannot forget. That she voted for Jill Stein. <laughs> right, yeah, I refuse to forget. Go away. <laughs> also, like, last episode, and the, the season keeps doing this, last episode set up that, like, all right, what the show's about now is a mother, Sarah Paulson, who wants her kid back, and that she'll do anything. Yeah, it became, like, an Angelina Jolie drama, you know? <laughs> and, and then for this episode, for it to just not be about her son at all like her character motivations i forgot that about yeah the what whole... happened to kellogg Oz? Oz. <laughs> <laughs> I, who, it's who knows yeah wow i that... guess he's hanging out upstairs this whole time i hate when shows do that when like one character is just gone for the whole thing and you're like well by the way especially you know? when that character is supposed to be sarah paulson's main motivational like yes. thing Yes. For it to not come up at all. Well, maybe she's taking, like, cooking classes in France with Ivy. <laughs> because well, that's a thing. <laughs> wait, what was the line exactly? It was when that? Winter, it was when they were in the ice cream truck, and Winter had, like, was asking Sarah Paulson if she died peacefully or whatever, and she said, no, Kai told me that she had left to she take cooking, cooking classes in France. Yeah. Like, what is... That's not even a good lie. Julia Child. Like... Yeah. <laughs> I also am a little annoyed with us for not coming up with the actual title of this episode as an alternate title for one of our alternate title yeah. jokes. Which yeah. was Charles Manson in charge. Well, I didn't know that show, though. You sang the whole theme song for me. Charles <laughs> in charge. Of, uh, it's honestly what the season should have been called. Yeah. Well... Yeah, so this was a good title, too, right? You know? Well, you're really digging for nice things to say. <laughs> you know, it was scheduled at 11 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and boy, it, it was on time. It was on they time. started right on time. Actually, no, when I watched it, it was 15 minutes late. So. Oh, so they couldn't even get that. Time. Great. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I will say, back to the subject of, like, Francis Conroy, we finally... We're 
were playing around with just the like fun, ridiculous words and and like campy motivations. It's the whole season should have been about Frances Conroy's character. Well, and they really wrote for her. You know, it's they wrote for those monologues. I still think that Billy Eichner had the material this season and is just not a Frances Conroy. Oh, well, I guess, maybe, but maybe she just knows how to leak venom. We are sitting on the biggest bomb the universe has ever seen. Do you know what it is, Mr. Anderson? Female rage. The patriarchy has dammed it up for millennia, and Donald J. Trump is the first world leader to start hammering away at that dam. With every tweet, with every eye roll, every pussy grabbed, he is slowly releasing the fury. It's beautiful. And do you see how you, smart, charismatic, angry, woman-hating Kai Anderson need to take your own hammer to that dam. How you must be the spear for that movement because you are so very, very special. Is that my purpose? Repeat after me. I am a turd. A lowly, abject turd. I'm a turd. A lowly, abject turd. From this moment on, you have but one purpose. To release the feminine rage and to use it, all your skills and passion and vision to break that dam to pieces. But what will happen to me? You will drown in it, dearest heart. You and every other man. But you will die knowing that you have saved us all and you'll be famous for it. A legend. Someday, there'll be a tiny statue of you in someone's office. I mean, I just love it. Yeah, I mean, right off the bat, too. You know, I want my therapist to just go batshit crazy on me, you know? Well, it also doesn't make sense, though. We have to talk about that. What? It doesn't make sense. Like, literally, I feel like the writers had... Because that was like a three and a half minute scene, right? In that scene, it is established this is his first time meeting his therapist. Yes. In literally a page of dialogue, which is like a minute... Yes. She um, uh, tells him he's like a very, very special and convinces him to join a cult. Yeah. Well, yeah, but... That's, you know, the show, isn't it? <laughs> no! That's, you've got to stop. You have an actual that's problem. That's the show. You're though. in an abusive relationship that's the with this show. show. No, but you know, it's not. Ryan Murphy's never going to make partner, sweetie. Hey, right? honey, you know. And he won't stop beating you once he does. Oh, please. <laughs> but Are you serious? Yeah, that's the show. You know, it's like, it's, it's off the wall. Off the wall. I just loved it. I mean, because you got to give, she doesn't have many scenes, so you have to give her something that's, Uh, like total arc you know you start off talking about your statue and then you go into this whole web i want to throw my tea against the wall right now that you're defending don't throw it at me i that no this is absurd it is literally in four minutes of dialogue she that did absolutely not yeah it's fun it's fun you know it's like well i had fun but it doesn't make sense well good life and the whole season's been like that yeah they, I feel like they had two episodes left, and they were like, oh my god, we got Franny again. 
Well, that's what, you know. But that's what she's called in the industry. But, but we only have, you know, we've got her for this episode. We've got to, like, make her make sense in this uh, as, like, the one pulling the strings. And, oh, by the way, you guys have, like, three and a half pages to do it. Yeah, and that's forgivable for me. I don't know. It is Frances Conroy, and I just want to see her read the Bible. Well, I'm not blaming Frances Conroy. Okay. But, yeah. Fine, <laughs> right, right, right. fine. You, you're entitled to your precious little opinions. I know, I know, I know. So, and then there's also this whole Charles Manson thing. Tate murders. It's funny. One of my friends um, messaged me last night. Uh, Josh Hurley, who's a dedicated listener to the show. Oh, hooray! Um, he... Um, he was just saying, like, I have a theory that she, uh, Valerie, or, um, Francis Conroy is actually from Charles Manson, uh, like, his cult, and, like, that, I mean, it didn't play out yes. that way. Yes. But he was, at least, he had the right hunch that Charles Manson would be coming be- into play. Well, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I mean, well, that's something that Ryan Murphy has been wanting to do for years. He just couldn't find the right... What? He's been, he, in interviews and stuff, he's been saying for years that he's wanted... To somehow incorporate a Charles Manson subplot into the season, but he couldn't find a way to do it. That into was... the show American Horror into Story a... itself. Yes. Uh huh. So. Okay. But uh, yeah, and but but he said he he couldn't find a way that was fresh and new and 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 done well because it's been done so many times. Right. Right. You know. But then he decided, oh, who needs a fresh take? Let's just do it anyway. Just do how they always do it. <laughs> Let's just do it how it's done. That was really a lot, though. That was a big scene. I had to close my eyes for a lot of it. Well, I will say it's funny. There's this sort of motif throughout the season that I don't think I quite picked up on until this episode. But when they did the flashback and they had the, like, kind of 70s exploitation style, um, uh, like, title cards for the Sarah Paulson. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yes. Oh, yeah. The, yes, the little things. Yeah. The Like how they framed their, right. like, their characters. characters. Yeah. And it was... They've done something like that a couple times, actually. Yeah. Where And I don't know why. Like, even the, like, uh, community theater Jesus Christ on the strings is kind of in the style <laughs> of, like, a schlocky 70s horror movie. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I don't know why. Yeah. It's as random as milk being a weird symbol of the Nazis. Well, you told me that it's a Nazi symbol. It's this weird thing where, like, the American neo-Nazis will, like, you can see the videos of them at rallies where they're just, like, chugging milk. Yeah. Uh, like, in a f- it's something about white purity or some nonsense. I didn't look into it because I don't care. Right. Well, actually, well, I thought that that, that scene mirrored Charleston a little bit. What? Um, the the uh, the rally scene between the two the protesters and stuff that's kind of like the vibe I was getting from it I don't know if it was filmed before or after but I know that uh, but I did I did look into this and that people were dumping milk into their eyes so that is a thing that like cures oh really spray yeah oh yeah wow just like the Handmaid's Tale everything that's on the show is really it's happening just sort somewhere of reflecting yeah I'm kidding you are being serious <laughs> I feel like this has been horribly self-reflecting you know it's it's uh things have been have been mirroring uh reality in ways that i don't know if that was their original intention or not but just like certain things i think that was their original and only intention yeah in fact i'm getting a little annoyed philosophically now with the show because what it's saying about it's it really seems to be coming for uh the group think 
of like feminism, which mm-hmm. is a men's rights argument, mm-hmm. like men's MRA, like men's rights activists yes. argument against feminism, that it's its own form of like cultish group think yeah which is uh, not what it is I don't, i'm not in love with that as right. a takeaway from the election is that right. what i'm supposed to take away no no that is i didn't yeah but that is a i think a lot of people think of it like that and, and that's kind of what this whole like revelation of like again as much as i love francis conroy the scene at the end when they like have their big climactic like you're in my cult fight. I think maybe that's an issue I have been taking away is that I don't feel that it's um, endorsing, not endorsing, but it's pro-feminist. I don't feel that it's saying feminist is good. I feel like it's sort of, um, you know, it's like if you have this platform, this TV show, and you're Ryan Murphy, you should use it to say why feminism is good. And yes, maybe his intent is to show the bigoted views of people who are self-proclaimed anti-feminists, I guess, are bigoted and why they're wrong. But I think it's a fine line because it's almost, I feel like people, I don't know, it's like when you put that, it's, it's, it's out into the universe. It's a very careful thing, you know, I feel like that... Wow, it's almost like you agree with me. No, 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 no. no, no. <laughs> Ryan Murphy is not <laughs> well, taking just, his role into in account. Day and his, age, what is output? We should be, in, we should be feminists. We should be endorsing it. We should be, you know, saying this is right. I, or if you're going to talk about like, if you're going to have this sort of what seems like this moral relativism that's at the heart of this season, where it's like, well, I don't know. It really seems like everyone was responsible. Mm. I just don't think we're having... I don't think this show is, like, really taking, again, a critical, nuanced look at it. It feels like paint-by-the-numbers, like, everyone's awful cynicism, and it's just not... I don't know. It's not smart. It doesn't add anything to the conversation. I guess it's like, I want... This is what we were getting into a few weeks ago, is that we want a war. You know, we want a side, and there's no side right now. It's just everyone is awful, you know? Everyone is just terrible. Valerie always said the male was a biological accident, a walking abortion. Oh, God, if only you'd been aborted in your mother's belly, how much disappointment would the rest of us have been spared? You can't talk to me like that anymore. I could not have been more clear if I had tattooed it on the inside of your eyelids. It wasn't complicated. Two steps. A to B. Unleash female rage. Incite the American woman's desperate and patriarchally contained violent anger. Give her no choice but to lash out and cut up every man they see. I did that. I got maced for fuck's sake. Look at the chaos out there. You've enraged everyone. And one of the poor females closest to you. Your sister's defeated. Another one is dead. You even broke Unbreakable Tiger. Beverly Hope! It's not my fault they were weak. I am the final carrier for Valerie Solana's torch. She handed the responsibility for scum to me, personally, her protege, and look how you have failed us both. If only you'd been aborted in your mother's belly, how much <laughs> disappointment would we all have been spared? It's what just a lie. Perfect. She came in ready to kill. You know, Do I came in... love it philosophically for what it means to the show? No, I think it's abhorrent, mm. but man... Francis Conway. Yeah, yeah. And now there's this whole thing of the mole, you know, who's the mole? And and 
so is that a, I forget was that something that he just came up with in his mind through his hallucinations or did he actually or did somebody plan Sarah Paulson did right because she came with the well thing. it depends on how you view the show so yeah. for instance if you view the show like I now do as a documentary about Evan Peters having a nervous breakdown uh, yeah, yeah. and uh, creating an acting reel then yes. uh, you know he kind of made it all up himself yeah. but uh, if you, you know, take it as a piece of fiction with uh, plot points and so forth and so on, it seems like a couple people worked together to make him paranoid. Yeah, I did think the whole, like, it was just a, a long hallucination, you know, and I, it was almost like hammering the point home. Like, I hear ringing in my ears, I see dead people, you know. Or and unless I'm mistaken, there was nothing in the previous, like, it, it makes sense in terms of, like, story structure for him to be getting more paranoid. Yeah. But they didn't weave this in any time. Well, like, yeah, this is the first episode where all of a sudden he's like, I'm not a lot of Adderall. It was like he was bound to break, and suddenly it just, boom. And I guess that can happen, you know. But it is, I do wonder... You're such an apologist for this abusive show. <laughs> what are you talking about? I do wonder if, like, he's... This is it's commentary on the mental state of our president if that if it's sort of not like a uh, i don't know you know it's like the dangers of of, of when, course it's that yeah <laughs> it's only well, you that know, you can't see anything without you know <laughs> yeah it's that right <laughs> I mean, that. Wait, hmm, maybe what they're trying to do is say that trump is double plus ungood and it's like yeah that's well that's why i that's this that's what i've taken away from this entire season is that it's real you know, pe- when people who are dangerous, you know, come come into power, bad things can happen. And yes, it's extreme, but it is a metaphor for, you know, everything else that's happening. So that's the horror of it, I feel. Well, I prefer our dumb milk metaphor at the beginning <laughs> of the show no. to this 11-episode sludge through a... Quick say, I got, I fucking hate it. I hate it. I can't even come up with a metaphor for how much I hate it. You know what? Tomorrow, I mean tomorrow, next week, I feel it's going to be a great, great, like, tie. I don't know. We'll find out that that it's going to be live or something. And... I, I don't, as far as I can see, we're setting up for more Witch Olympics, like, at the end of season why three. Why not, though? You know? Why, why not? It would make as much sense here as it did at season three. Yeah. This is probably our longest episode yet, and yet I still think we didn't talk about all the things we needed to talk about. That's very true. We did not talk about Leslie Grossman and Billy Eichner's return to right. the stage. They were back this week. Uh, Cheyenne Jackson as a zombie. We right? did not He was there that. for a split second until yeah. Evan Peters stabbed him in the heart. Uh-huh, yeah. So and Adina Porter. Adina we didn't even cover Adina Porter. Porter going to Mich. Where is it? Montana. Montana. Yeah, yeah. But no, she doubled down and stayed. Absolutely Always the not. consummate professional. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the end, guys. Yes. If you, by the way, are a that's what we forgot to talk about. <laughs> And you, you know, tolerate our shrill, shrill voices, and you're not even mad when the episodes are like 28 minutes for some reason. Go write a review. Yes. Go now. iTunes, Dear Ryan Murphy, SoundCloud, Dear Ryan Murphy. 
Five stars. Yeah. And I mean, like, I don't want to be like it's more important than voting, but like it's more important than voting. You got to give us a review. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. And tell your friends, tell your grandmothers, tell your pets. Definitely tell your grandmothers. They would love us. (laughs) Speaking of, until next week, we love.